you're listening to the Glow Radio Podcast. I'm Jacqueline, a spiritual baddie and astrology nerd. You can expect raw and unfiltered conversations around trauma healing, relationships, astrology, health, and career. I'm here to share my resources so that you can truly turn your dreams into a reality. Hello everyone, welcome to Glow Radio. Today we are entering Gemini season, the sign of communication, and I felt such an urge to pick up the mic and start recording today. And honestly, I've been kind of in a funk. I'm going to go into it a little bit deeper in this podcast, but I feel like finally I'm coming out of it gradually today, and I thought I would share my healing journey with you guys. So today I'm really going to focus on sharing how I've been healing my inner child. I feel like this is such an important topic for so many of us and I truly feel like when you are able to heal your inner child, you're just going to be more of your best self and it's a lifelong healing process. It's not going to be like you're going to wake up one day and you're fully healed. Like It doesn't work like that. It's, it's a lifelong journey so I'm just here sharing how I am healing. So first of all, let's talk about what has been going on and why I've been feeling in such a funk. So I know that every time my health acts up, it's because it's showing me something that I need to heal emotionally or mentally. So I mentioned to you guys that I've been going to some acupuncture sessions and I have such a love-hate relationship with acupuncture. I feel like every time I have a session afterwards, I just feel so raw and so vulnerable and so many emotions and past memories come out of me because I know that they're surfacing so that I can deal with them and I can heal. And I feel like this is just a very personal experience for me, even though acupuncture is meant to, you know, treat kind of physical issues. When I see my acupuncturist, I tell her about my digestive problems, my hormonal imbalance, my histamine intolerance, and she does what she needs to do. And then afterwards, I just feel like the energy in my body is a lot clearer and it's flowing better. And that's why all these emotions are coming up. Like sometimes I feel like, my heart chakra just opens so much more and then I'm able to feel emotions again. Like whenever we feel numb and when we feel like we can't feel things, like we don't feel love, happiness, sadness, or anything, it could be because your heart chakra is blocked. And I find that acupuncture is a great way to open these chakras. It is based on Chinese medicine, but I'm just linking the two because I feel like everything is so connected. I feel like meditations have truly helped me open my chakras, but that's like a whole other topic. I can speak more about that if you guys are interested. Just let me know on Instagram. So back to healing my inner child. So acupuncture was bringing up all these emotions out of me, and then all of a sudden, like last week, I feel like I just had a huge flare-up with my histamine intolerance, which hasn't happened in a really long time. So if you guys are not familiar with histamine intolerance, this is something that I found out I had probably about sometime last year. And it was actually very comforting to know the exact issue I had because the symptoms were so bizarre. And I went to see like 
my family doctor and they had no idea what it was. And it was only until I started seeking like holistic help from professionals, like a naturopath and just doing my own research. And I found out that what I had was histamine intolerance. So my symptoms were that randomly I would get very dizzy. I started getting like panic attacks, which I had never experienced ever in my life before until you know, probably two, three years ago. And I was like, this is so weird. They would come out of nowhere. And then I found that certain foods would really trigger me, especially tomato. Tomato would make me just feel dizzy, sick. I just felt so weak. And I would have so much insomnia. Like I, I couldn't sleep pretty much all of last year. A hay fever was extremely bad pretty much all the years of my life before this. And what histamine intolerance is, is that your body is basically not able to break down the histamine buildup. So histamines are actually necessary in your body, like whenever you get a cut or something, your body will create histamines and create inflammation so that more blood flow goes to the area and you could heal. But when you have too many histamines and your body can't break it down, that's when you start having these weird symptoms like dizziness, headaches, migraines, and I felt like I was unable to regular regulate my body temperature. So realizing all these symptoms, I mentioned it to my family doctor at first. They had no idea what it was. I went through so many like sessions. They had no idea. And then finally, my naturopath was the one that was like, oh, maybe you have histamine intolerance. And this is such a tricky thing because foods that are normally quote-unquote healthy it's not good for people who have histamine tolerance foods like avocado tomato certain probiotic foods like anything fermented like kombucha uh, kefir sauerkraut kimchi all of these things that are supposed to be quote-unquote good for you like good for your gut health are not good for people with histamine intolerance so I've just been on this crazy healing journey and I always say that everything that's happening in your body physically is caused by something mentally and emotionally. So I knew that it was because I haven't healed my trauma and that's why it was showing up in my body. Like so many people who have emotional stress, childhood trauma, have a lot of digestive and gut problems, which is what histamine intolerance is, like your gut is not healthy. So throughout this whole healing journey, I've found many resources that have helped me, especially the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I talk about it so much. I post a lot of affirmations on my TikTok account and they've gotten a great response. Like I feel like you guys find them really helpful. So if you guys do want to see more about that, go check it out on my TikTok. So to heal my inner child, one thing that really kind of stirred this up was the book It's Not Your Money by Tosha Silver. She has this chapter all about healing the inner child and I was literally crying the whole time when I was reading this chapter. So she was saying how we can envision ourselves as an adult going back to our younger self and just giving them whatever we needed. like. Healing your inner child means giving yourself whatever you were missing as a child, meeting those needs that were unable to be met 
by our caretakers, our family, our parents. And her example was that this one person went back to see their inner child in a visualization meditation and just told them that they're here to listen, they have all the time in the world, and there's no rush. And I felt like that just spoke to me so much because I noticed that I have this tendency to feel very rushed. Like I feel stressed out. I feel like I need to catch up. I just feel like I'm running out of time. And I realized that that's because of the way I was brought up. All the stress that I've accumulated in my upbringing has been brought over to my adulthood. Like it's funny because I didn't really know what it was like to live without stress. I've also been reading this other book called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole Opera. She's also known as the holistic psychologist on Instagram. She has over 3 million followers. I actually had her as a guest on the podcast a few episodes ago. So if you guys want to listen to that, go check it out. But this book, honestly, everyone needs to read it. Like if you have parents, you need to read it. If you are a parent planning to have kids, highly recommend because everyone has trauma, you know, like. It's unavoidable. We shouldn't be afraid of being parents because we don't want to pass on trauma to our children because it's inevitable. You know, like, I honestly don't know if I want to have children in the future, but just like learning that throughout the book has kind of changed my mindset on things. So in the book, she was saying how if we are used to growing up in a very chaotic environment, we're like, used to the extreme highs and lows we're gonna look for that in our adult life or we're gonna look for that just as we grow older and I found myself really doing this especially in my work like I remember I used to just stress out about work for no reason like whenever there's a deadline I would stress out about it and I would create it for myself and I realized it's because I saw that in my parents and it's not even something that they might have said directly to me but children are like sponges we absorb energy and I just felt that energy from my parents also because it probably happened even in the generation before them from their parents and their ancestors so let me read a little bit of the book to you or share what I learned so one example that really stood out to me was the placebo effect and the nocebo effect So most of us have probably heard of the placebo effect where there are studies or people are given a sugar pill, but they still end up healing because their mind believes that they will be well. So the nocebo effect is the opposite of that, where people are given a sugar pill and they're told that they're going to feel negative side effects and the people actually end up feeling these side effects because they believe it in their mind. And that's just so crazy because it shows us how powerful the mind is and how there's truly that mind-body connection. And we can use our mind to heal our bodies. So one of the other examples was that this man, he was diagnosed with cancer, told him that he only had three months to live, and then he ended up dying after three months. But the doctors found out that he was actually misdiagnosed and there was no trace of cancer in his body. So he literally thought himself to death. Like, isn't that crazy? I feel like that just is proof that what we think in our mind becomes our reality. 
So I also want to go over another section here. So here are the archetypes of childhood trauma. Having a parent who denies your reality. So this can be something very simple. It doesn't even have to be extreme. It could be you as a child feeling uncomfortable around a relative. And then your mom tells you, oh, she's just being nice. You better be polite. And then that teaches you to not trust your own intuition and not trust your decisions. I feel like my parents did this to me a lot, probably unknowingly, you know, but I feel like that's why I have so much trouble trusting my intuition and my gut. It was funny because I feel like as I'm reading this book, more things are being brought to my attention. I'm feeling more raw, vulnerable, and I know it's because I'm ready to heal. And that's why the universe is showing me these things. Like even the other day. So my boyfriend had told me that he was coming over Tuesday night. And I knew that he had baseball practice at nighttime. He's a coach and he would be over late. But for some reason, I just caught myself like, second guessing myself and questioning myself being like oh maybe I heard him wrong maybe he's actually not coming tonight like I was feeling anxious because he hadn't explicitly reminded me that he was coming over and I was like wow that is literally a result of my childhood trauma because my parents denied my reality so much that I don't trust myself so that's one example another example of childhood trauma is having a parent who does not see or hear you. I feel like that is definitely something that I experienced. And this could be because parents are too busy for you or they're maybe they're not trained to communicate properly so they just cannot hear you. The next one is having a parent who vicariously lives through you or molds and shapes you. And this can lead to severe indecisiveness, procrastination, or an obsessive need to succeed. I have experienced this so much in my life. I definitely have an obsessive need to succeed, and I do see myself having severe indecisiveness. Like, I'm a Pisces. I have a Libra third house. I'm already indecisive, but because of the way I was brought up, it kind of amplified this even more. So my mom has even told me, herself that as a parent you know she takes on my issues as her own sometimes and she says that a lot of other parents do this too and yes they may do it but that doesn't mean that it's a healthy behavior and people do this because they learn to be codependent in their upbringing like I have an example here that I realized has really really affected me so I started playing piano when I was very young, when I was six years old, and I was the one who asked my parents if I could play piano or learn piano because I saw my cousins learning it, and I just thought it was such a creative expression. I'm a Pisces, I love music, so I was very drawn to it. And then when we used to live in Calgary, I enjoyed piano so much, and that's because I had a really awesome teacher and we also learned in a community like there were other girls who learned with the same teacher we would have concerts together sometimes we would learn to play duets together and i thought it was just very fun you know to have that community of other girls learning with me it was so just enjoyable and my teacher would give me fun songs sometimes not just the songs that i needed to play for my exams like she would 
let me play other songs and I actually really enjoyed singing to them too when I was little. And then we moved to Vancouver and for the first time in my life, I found myself feeling nervous at a concert and it became so stressful for me. I think that is the first memory I have of feeling nervous and feeling stressed out. And I gradually started dreading piano. You know, I started hating it because I didn't have a community to learn with me anymore. And it just wasn't enjoyable for me because it became like work. And my mom basically just forced me to finish piano because I believe because she had an abandonment wound and she really just wants to finish things. Like, I feel like completing things, this obsession with following through is also from some type of trauma. And when I found out my human design type, that I'm a generator and I'm only supposed to do things that truly bring me joy, I just realized how detrimental being forced to finish piano exams, even though I didn't want to, was to my like overall wellness and my well-being. And I mentioned this to my mom like a little while ago about how I didn't enjoy piano because I wasn't learning in a community anymore. And she was like, how come you didn't say that or didn't tell me? But I didn't know how to say that because I wasn't taught as a child. Like I wasn't taught to speak up for myself. And also as a generator, like my strategy in life is to respond. So I really appreciate when people ask me questions and my parents never knew how to do that. You know, this is not to blame my parents, but it's just to analyze their trauma and now that I can see them as humans who also have trauma it's just helped me process my own wounds a lot more so I bring up this whole piano thing because recently I just had a big desire to purchase my own piano keyboard and to play again because it's something that I had enjoyed so much and it was so sad that it became something that was so stressful for me like I would get so scared so nervous during my piano exams and concerts that I would be shaking and I would be so cold I would constantly like forget the songs that I memorized because it just wasn't enjoyable for me anymore when I was put in such a stressful state but I really wanted to play again and to just like sing songs you know like that's something that I feel like my inner child really craved and desired So I found a piano off Facebook Marketplace and I bought it and I've been playing it here and there and it's been a process to reprogram my brain to just do it for enjoyment and not like force myself to practice or feel guilty or bad about not practicing. It's so weird how our upbringing can instill these limiting beliefs in us. One of the top ways I feel like to heal your inner child is to prioritize joy and pleasure and having fun and playing. Like playing is so healing for anyone. And a lot of us, you know, we're not encouraged to play. Even when we're young, you know, like we're encouraged to finish our schoolwork, to do anything that's productive. And I just found myself like, not even really knowing how to have fun anymore and to play like I feel like in Asian cultures especially my mom would kind of tell me not to have a playing mindset like as you grow older you shouldn't want to play anymore 
you need to like settle down and things like that. But I realized how wrong that is. We should have fun at any age, like to do childlike things, to just do things with absolutely no intention except for the intention of having fun. Like do something that is not productive. Don't do something because you want to achieve something. Like I'm learning to play piano just because I want to, like not because I want to achieve something or gain validation. And it's really hard for me to kind of reprogram my mind in this way, but I'm headed there and more healing is coming. So having the, this, yeah, this childhood trauma archetype, the having the parent who vicariously lives through you just spoke to me so much because I just have a memory one time of me not doing well on my piano exam and my mom had told me if I were to get a certain grade, she would get me this bracelet that I really wanted. And then after I got my results back, my mom literally like sat me down to talk to me and she was like sobbing. She was crying because I had not gotten the grade on the exam. And she was like so disappointed because she said that she believed in me. She had already bought the bracelet and like, now looking back at that moment as an adult i can just see so so many wounds in my mom like she felt so responsible and she just like basically was codependent on my achievements and she felt like they were her own i've just found through meditation through going back comforting my inner child has really helped me validate myself so that was the third type of childhood trauma. The fourth type is having a parent who does not model boundaries. So this is has been so common in my childhood. There were literally no boundaries in my family and it actually was very difficult for me to learn boundaries growing up. It taught me to not know how to say no. I'm an example like so my dad would often ask me if I want food or something, like if I want fruits cut up, whatever. And then I would tell him, no, I'm not hungry right now. But then my dad would give me the food anyway because he thought that he knew me better than myself or he thought that I was just saying no because I was being polite. But I actually meant my no. And I feel like he would get very offended when I didn't want to take the food and he would take it personally, like I'm not accepting his love. And I realized that he probably felt that way because he felt unworthy if I didn't receive his quote-unquote love in that way. But to me, I feel like that's very disrespecting my boundaries. Like when I said no, I meant no. It doesn't mean that you should go do it anyway. And I feel like a lot of Asian families also have this issue probably passed down from generations and generations and I catch myself too like now sometimes when I interact with friends when they say no I feel like I don't really trust their boundaries or like I don't I don't take their no for what it is and then I caught myself doing that and I was like wow I really need to respect other people's boundaries too when they say no when we learn to set boundaries it can be very uncomfortable there can be people who are very offended or triggered by us setting boundaries because we're basically not the person that they expect us to be anymore. And I feel like I see this a lot in my family too. I told you guys that I'm currently taking some space away from my parents to really heal. And 
honestly, it has healed me so, so much. Like, my mind has just been opened, and I'm able to fully develop my own own opinions instead of thinking the way that I was brought up to think, you know, the way that I was quote-unquote brainwashed to think, basically. So the next one after that, the boundaries issue, is having a parent who is overly focused on appearance. And this can be like, not even directly, it could be your parent kind of commenting or judging someone else's appearance. And I feel like my mom was definitely like this, and I feel like she was probably doing this very unknowingly, like, she would comment on my eyebrows all the freaking time. And I know it's probably because she was insecure about her own appearance, critical of herself. Maybe her parents were that way. Because I remember when I was young and the first time I ever got my eyebrows threaded, I was like feeling really good about it, you know? And then my mom saw that my eyebrows were threaded and she like got so angry. She was like, you look so old. Like, why are you doing that? And she just like flipped shit. And I thought that was just so strange to me because, you know, my body is my own and I should be able to do whatever I please that makes, you know, me feel confident, that makes me feel good in myself. And even as I got older, like, I feel like my mom stopped kind of like flipping out like that about my appearance, but she would still make comments like whenever I got my nails done, when I do my eyelashes, She'll say it's so unnatural or like, you know, just comments like that. And she didn't know how much it was affecting me. Like, this is stuff that I enjoy doing because I want to take care of myself. I want to practice self-care. But now I realize it's because like she has her own insecurities and that's why she is projecting them onto me. So the last type of trauma is having a parent who cannot regulate their emotions. So like being able to identify your emotions is a real sign of emotional maturity. Something saying like, I am angry right now. I'm sad. Like my parents never did that. And I feel like the only way that my family expressed anger was to like bottle it up or to explode. And I've seen my family have so many explosions. And I realized that it's probably because their parents demonstrated it that way and that's why they learned it that way because every single thing we do is a learned behavior and it was really crazy because the other day I had a memory pop up for me like I never met my grandpa on my mom's side he passed away the year I was born and I remember one of my uncles had this scar on his arm and it kind of looked like a tattoo but then it was like just scarred and then Someone, I think it was either my mom or one of my aunts, told me that he had that scar because my grandpa got so mad that he had the tattoo that he literally ripped it off his skin, like he cut it somehow. And I didn't really think anything of it much back when I was younger, I guess, because like explosive anger was so normal to me. But when that was brought to my attention, I was like, that is literal abuse. Like, if you did that to your child and someone found out about it in this day and age, you would go to jail for that. You would have your children taken away. And, like, that is not okay to express anger in such an explosive way. And I feel like that is exactly why my 
mom acts the way that she does, why her family acts the way that they do, and how I found myself expressing anger like that too. Like when I was in my toxic relationship for 13 years, I would scream, slam doors, you know, because that's the way I saw my family act. And it was just so mind-blowing to me when I realized these tendencies and now I'm taking the steps to reprogram my brain to process my emotions and learn how to process anger in a healthy way because reading this book has really let me see that I have so much unprocessed anger like towards my family and I'm really doing my best to find ways to process it in a healthy way because I don't want to have an explosion like that is not going to solve anything so moving on if you have any of these traumas, which I'm sure all of us do, it can lead to certain tendencies like people pleasing, anger or rage or disassociation, meaning like you literally forget things or you leave your body during a stressful event so you don't experience the trauma like firsthand. I feel like I've definitely experienced all of these like people pleasing has been an issue I've noticed in myself so much in my previous jobs, just like always being a yes person, very agreeable. And only very recently have I trained myself to not do this anymore. Like I'm allowed to say no and have my own opinions. So she also goes into the seven inner child archetypes. And these spoke to me so much. I want to share them with you guys. So the first one is the caretaker. And this typically comes from codependent dynamics and you gain a sense of identity and self-worth through neglecting your own needs and believing that the only way to receive love is to cater to other people and to ignore your own needs. I definitely see this. I feel like I see this in my dad a lot. Like he only feels worthy if he's like taking care of my mom or taking care of me. And it's just crazy how I can see the dynamic now. Like I'm just analyzing it very objectively and these are just facts like it's nothing personal towards my parents but I can see how my dad literally won't allow my mom to work pretty much like ever since she had me she only worked for like I think a year or two after and then she hasn't worked her life since then and I feel like it comes from a place where my dad needs to be the breadwinner because he only feels worthy that way but then it's strange because like my dad will will not allow my mom to work but then kind of feel resentful about it like he'll be like I wish your mom could work you know but she's just sick but she's not even sick anymore like she had cancer many many years ago when I was in elementary school she's been healed since then but my dad literally speaks as if she is still sick and I feel like it manifests in reality like when I see her she's a pretty weak person like she doesn't look empowered or strong and I feel like because of the way he acts it also makes her feel very trapped and she feels like you know the world is attacking her or whenever we get into arguments like the last explosion we had she was saying that me and my dad just think she's dumb and has nothing to offer but I feel like that's a result of, you know, my dad controlling her in a sense and then her allowing it. And it's just like this back and forth codependent dynamic. So it's just really eye opening for me to see that now. 
the second archetype is the overachiever. So they feel seen, heard, and valued through success and achievement, and they use external validation as a way to cope with low self-worth because they believe that the only way to receive love is through achievement. This is me to a T. Like, I feel like if I'm not achieving something, I don't feel worthy. And I am working on overcoming this now. You know, I repeat affirmations to myself all the time, telling myself that I love and approve of myself. I am worthy. I am enough. I don't need to achieve to be loved. I am loved as I am. This is definitely a very tough one for me, and I see it in my life so much. The next one is underachiever. So they keep themselves small, unseen, and beneath their potential due to fear of criticism or shame about failure. It takes themselves out of the emotional game before it's even played, and they believe that the only way to receive love is to stay invisible. I definitely see this a lot in my family. I remember I have one aunt, my mom's youngest sister. When I was a personal trainer, I went to train her for a few months, and I could just see this so much in her. Like she plays small, she doesn't achieve, she doesn't like attempt to do anything because. She feels unworthy, so it's crazy how you just see these patterns once you're aware of them. The fourth inner child archetype is the rescuer or the protector. So they attempt to rescue those around them to heal from their own vulnerability. They view others as helpless, incapable, and dependent, and they derive their love and self worth from being in a position of power. They believe that the only way to receive love is to help others by focusing on their wants and needs and helping them solve their problems. I see this in my dad a lot too. Like he's both the caretaker and rescuing my mom. Like he literally says that my mom doesn't know herself and he needs to like protect her. The fifth one is the life of the party. This is the always happy and cheerful comedic person who never shows pain, weakness, or vulnerability. It's likely because their inner child was shamed for their emotional state, and they believe that the only way to feel okay and receive love is to make sure that everyone around them is happy. The sixth one is the yes person. So this person drops everything and neglects all needs in the service of others. They were likely modeled self-sacrifice in childhood and engaged in deep codependent patterns, such as the caretaker did. They believe that the only way to receive love is to. Be both good and selfless.、And、the last one, the seventh one, is a hero worshipper. They need to have a person or guru to follow. Likely emerges from an inner child wound made by a caretaker who was perceived as superhuman without faults. Believes that the only way to receive love is to reject their own needs and desires and view others as the model to learn how to live. I feel like that also happens a lot in my mom's side of the family. Like, I see that. Whenever I'm achieving something, like my aunt, the aunt that I was saying I was training before, she will like want to brag about my successes or like just amplify them, and I feel like it's because she doesn't feel worthy about herself. That's why she has to brag about other people's achievements. And I just noticed this so much because it's so weird to me how my mom's family never speaks. Poorly of their dad, like their grandpa. Like, not saying you need to talk shit about someone. Like, you shouldn't do that. But the way they speak about him, it's like he didn't have any flaws. And 
I feel like only recently have I realized how warped that is. Like, it seems like he was almost very manipulative. And my mom tells me all the time that as she's a parent and adult now, she understands why her dad acted the way he did. And he like, yeah, and she appreciates him now. But I feel like that's not the way to see it, you know, like, she understands her dad and she's acting like him because he taught her those behaviors and that mindset, you know, like there are other healthy ways of communication and parenting that you might just not have opened your eyes to yet. So just like realizing all these things have opened my mind and I'm still going through it for sure. This is a lifelong process and I just wanted to share my journey so that Hopefully this can help some of you guys and let you guys know that you are not alone. Another thing that kind of triggered me a bit lately or recently was that I told you guys in the last episode how I got laid off from my job and it's actually been so healing for me and it's been kickstarting me to do the things that I actually want to do with my life. And then the other day my mom texted me and she told me that she found out that I got laid off. You know, her message was very nice. It was very sweet. She was saying like if I need any help, I know where to find them. But I feel like there was just something that didn't sit well with me. Like I had I didn't tell my parents that I got laid off for a reason. And I didn't tell them because I really wanted to protect my energy during this time as I'm building my life, building my career. I'd taken steps to build boundaries with my parents. I have blocked my mom on all my social media and it's been so healing for me. And then she told me that she found out that I got laid off and I was so surprised because I was like, how did you know that? And she told me that she had listened to my podcast. And at first, you know, I wasn't very triggered in the moment. I feel like the universe is giving me this because I can handle it now. And so when she told me, I was like, okay, I guess, you know, the content I'm creating on my podcast is for the public and I can't hide it from them forever. And who knows, my mom might listen to this episode too. And it made me feel a bit violated because it reminded me of how my mom used to read my diaries when I was younger, like something that is private. But because model, um, because boundaries were not modeled in her family, I can see why she has no boundaries with me either. She literally feels like everything is open, there's nothing private, like there's nothing you need to hide, but she just doesn't understand the concept of boundaries. So she found that out and I feel like after that, it brought out a bit of anger in me, you know, I just felt disrespected. Like I had set boundaries. I told her that I was taking space, but she had overstepped it. So I'm just working on myself right now because I know that the only person that can heal me is me and I don't feel like I'm in a place or ready to have a conversation with my parents because... I, if I did, I would have an unrealistic expectation of them understanding me or apologizing. But literally in the book of how to do the work, Dr. Nicole was saying, only have a conversation when you're ready to like let go of those expectations. And I don't feel like I'm there yet, which is completely okay. But 
yeah, so that happened. And I think it's just pushing me to the next step in my healing. And the reason that I blocked her from all my social media was to really take space for myself to heal. It's like when you're healing from a breakup. You know, you're not going to heal from a breakup if you constantly keep checking out your ex's social media, seeing how they're doing. Like that is not going to help you heal because you're, you constantly are picking at the wound. And that's exactly why I decided to block my mom from my social media because I just needed to be by myself and to not have any outside influences during this time of healing. So hopefully maybe she will understand that one day if she is listening to my podcast. So I encourage you guys to continue to learn how to set boundaries. It's difficult. You might get some backlash in the beginning and you might feel guilty I found myself feeling guilty a lot because I felt like I was a bad daughter for not talking to my mom. But all of this is so much brainwashing from our family and society. Like we are allowed to do what's best for us ourselves. And I feel like I constantly have to affirm myself of this because I still feel the shame and the guilt creep up from time to time. And it's probably because my mom felt that too. I feel like in a way, maybe her family doesn't mention any of my grandpa's flaws because it, they feel like if they do, they're going to be a bad child, a, a bad daughter, a bad son. So I completely understand that. It's. I feel like I'm in a place where I'm learning to have compassion for my family, but also realize that they are not putting in the work to heal. Like, you can feel both of these things at once. And I am like struggling with the compassion a bit because I feel like I have a lot of anger, but I'm just reminding myself, saying these affirmations, telling myself that I forgive them and I release them with love. I've been doing a lot of meditation, like cord cutting meditations have helped me so, so much to cleanse my own energy. So highly recommend you guys take some quiet time to really process these things. I feel like I have so much to talk about on this topic and I want to continue sharing with you guys. Like another thing is how growing up in a very Christian family has been so brainwashing and I feel like only when I took steps to take space for my parents, I realized that I don't want to believe in this religion anymore and it's not helpful for me. You know, like, I'm not shaming anyone who believes in religion. Like, do whatever works best for you. But just make sure that you are really choosing it for yourself. And you really believe it because you want to, not because someone else told you to. And don't try to force other people to believe in what you believe in. Like, that is completely unnecessary. And I find that a lot of people do this. Like, haters do this online a lot. I get a lot of comments, like, of people attacking because they feel unheard and they're not here to have an adult healthy communication or a conversation with you they're just here to attack you and to force you to believe their view because they don't feel heard so when I realized that because I was getting a bit of hate comments on my TikTok it wasn't anything crazy but I just found myself being sensitive about it and I realized that I don't need to speak to anyone who gives me bad vibes, who does not want to be helped. 
and I can just block them. I can just delete the comment, block them. And I feel like this is also me setting boundaries because I need to protect my mental health. If I'm going to be sharing all this free content with people, I really need to take care of my own mental health to make sure that I'm in a good place in order to help people. So that's like a whole other topic, the whole growing up in a Christian family. The how to do the workbook also talks about this term called enmeshment. So enmeshment is like kind of like codependency where an example is if a family believes in a religion, it is just expected that everyone else believes in it. You you guys are just one entity and no one is allowed to have their own opinions or their own thoughts or to stray away from what is believed. And I feel like I can see that in my family so much. And I wasn't taught to, you know, have critical thinking skills to develop my own opinions. And I feel like I'm going to share about that more in another episode. But just wanted to give a little intro there to that topic. So thank you so much for listening, guys. Go follow my TikTok account, Jacqueline Sun, if you guys want more healing advice. And I just love connecting with you guys. Like, I'm here to spread good energy. So I would love to hear your stories, how your healing is, because I would just love to connect and build a very engaged, supportive community. If you guys do enjoy the podcast, please go to iTunes, leave me a review. That really helps more people find the podcast. I appreciate your love. Thank you so much. I love you all, and I shall see you guys in the next episode. Bye.